0: connecting your students with your community through your FFA chapter, your classroom, and even their own SAE. Civic engagement in school-based ag ed. That's today's topic on AlPellets. Pellets. Welcome to AlPellets, Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas. Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Bratalec from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Will Byrd, University of Tennessee, Martin, thank you so much for being with us today here on Owl Pellets. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, my name's Will Bird. I'm the Agricultural Education Faculty Member there at UT Martin. Uh, the owls, are owls, right? Hawks. Sky Skyhawks, Sky yeah. yeah. Which I
2: learned is like chicken little, but tough now. <laughs> yeah.
1: we, we are a fictional bird that uh, that will peck your eyes out. Real eyes or fictional eyes? Well, real eyes, <laughs> fictional bird. We were an uh, interesting story, so we were the racer's. For a long time. Like, and our mascot was a horse. And I think our, that's already taken. Well, yes. By it, my own the UT Martin Horses. <laughs> yeah. So we had a horse as a mascot. And every time the football team would score a touchdown, they would run the horse up and down the, the football field. Then the, the football team became bad and they quit scoring touchdowns. The horse became lame and they had to put it down. <laughs> so then we became the Skyhawks. And uh, so, so there so we are. So you got
3: a fictional mascot just so it doesn't – have to be put down?
1: Exactly. We wow. Have, we we are we have real struggles with uh, euthanizing our animals. I so. hate to say this, but just ask
2: Texas Tech how having a real horse that has to get put down in the middle of a football field goes. I think
0: a Skyhawk was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well done.
0: I think we've digressed a little bit here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, we haven't started, have we? <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, anyway, get, getting back to the, uh, all the topic of stick with us. Like, <laughs> yes. Just stick with yeah. us, right? Like, if we'll you're driving there. in,
2: like, we will get there. So I'm just,
3: just going to point out that like not 30 seconds ago, I was working on a grant, and Marshall Baker was all like, Kate, we have serious things to do. We have to get going right now. Put that can away. We have really important conversations to this have. This is true. Of which is about
2: so <laughs> we had a few presentations here at the conference so it's kind of fun for teachers to know there were five um, pieces of research that were identified as distinguished
3: We have we shared where we're at yes.
2: yes we are in iowa in des moines and so at this conference there's five papers that were the outstanding papers and so um, will's paper on civic engagement and how that works and how we do that well in our chapters was one of the five and we think it has a ton of practical implications for teachers, so we're excited. So if I can get Kate to I,
3: actually, I have a question that good. I'm going to put out there for all the teachers. Yes. So, Will, I I'm, first can you just talk about a little bit, like dumbed down version, what is civic engagement?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, civic engagement uh, is just sort of a phrase that we use to describe service learning, community service, uh, really any type of activity you're doing with your kids or your students. Uh, to get them connected with improving societal issues, community issues, helping people in the community. So, you know, that's, that's a really umbrella term that we use to uh, do that. And we do civic engagement, whether that's service learning or just basic, communities, uh, ser- basic community service in your you know, local hometown. We do that pretty darn well in ag education and FFA. Um, a lot of teachers will truly utilize it as service learning. So, for instance... Uh, you may have an Ag mechanics class and you go out and do some type of a uh, project. Maybe it's improving a local park shelter, uh, you know building, repairing it, whatever. It could be uh, uh, FFA community service uh, project you do to help students learn leadership or to develop teamwork. That could be you know, doing a community cleanup, uh, serving in a soup kitchen, you know whatever that might be. And then there are even, Uh, You know, I've I've come across teachers uh, who are uh, kind of pushing students to have a service element within their SAE program. So, uh, you know, the students who maybe do the ag communications or ag education, SAE uh, area, uh, you know, that certainly lends itself to that very well. Um, So what I I found very interesting in some of the work I've done is that uh, compared to everyone else as far as youth development organizations like... uh, Well, I won't name names, but uh, other youth development organizations and and other uh, groups like that, our students are far more civically engaged. Uh, About 90% of FFA members that I've worked with and, and studied Are involved in these civic engagement activities versus about fifty or sixty percent of students in -hmm. other places. So, uh, you know we're you know nine out of ninety percent. That's pretty good. If that were a baseball player, uh, that'd be really good batting average. You know that'd be Hall of Fame batting average. So we're we're doing very well. Um, So real
2: quick though, like on that, like to jump out in front of that and frame it for teachers is the thing that really stood out to me about your research. So kind of like get to the end to understand the process. Is I think that what you're saying is right. We do a lot of it in Agate, but I think one of the things that you found in your study is maybe doing a lot of it is not as good as doing a little of it really well. Quality over quantity. Yeah. So it was this really this study is really interesting about, um, you know, we just we just had a podcast about we are we have created so many expectations to do so many things. Mm-hmm. So in a world where we need to do fifty-seven projects to look better on the application. The fact that that's putting an unrealistic expectation on teachers. So if we take that and we couple that with your research that is saying, perhaps if you do fewer experiences in civic engagement that are managed better and structured better, perhaps there's more impact there. So there's a lot of opportunity here for us to reduce the number of things we're expected to do, but also increase the impact. So, with that in mind, like, what are some of the? How do we do civic engagement well?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great point uh, because you know, like I said, we we've heard from some other folks here at this conference about, uh, and it's. I mean, you don't have to look far. Our teachers are, are overworked and, and burned out, and, and we're, we need we do need to try to find ways to help our teachers work smarter and not harder. And uh, one of the the big takeaways that I got for, or that we found in this. Uh, Line of work that we've done is that yeah if if you uh... will reduce the number of civic engagement activities but do a better quality job of crafting it uh... based on what makes a good civic engagement activity then then you will have more impact with your students and you'll spend less time uh, Doing more stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so there are there are a couple of elements that that teachers need to be aware of to make that quality civic engagement experience for students, where it's a developmentally positive thing, where it's it's positive it's a positive experience for those students. Um, one is going to be the autonomy you give students. So uh, you know I, I'll I'll think back to when I was an ag teacher. So I I, I taught at Dyersburg and Munford uh, there in West Tennessee, and uh, we did a lot of community service and service learning activities and a lot of times it was my idea to do it and and I would just bring that to the students and say hey we're gonna do this and I think a lot of us are guilty of doing that whether it's us at the university level or high school teachers um, without really giving a chance for the students to give input on what is important to them or what they think is important And so that's one very critical step that I think a lot of times we miss is letting our students have some voice in saying, uh, you know, here's what we think is important. Here's what we think we ought to do. And it doesn't have to take that much time to do it. It could be just a quick meeting. It could be a quick poll of the class. It could be something like a uh, an online poll or, you know, Facebook poll or something like that. Uh, but I think just taking the time as a, as a teacher to lay out some options for students to say hey what are some ideas or here are three ideas which one would you guys want to do that was one of the critical things I found in the work that I did was that uh, if you want students to really benefit from the civic engagement experience it has to be something that's internally meaningful to them to begin with so start off there the other big thing that we found uh, I found this kind of alarming, When, when I, uh, which by the way, for those of you listening, the, the, the work that I did, I, I went to four different schools and I followed the same group of students for a 16 month period. And these were four schools that did a lot of civic engagement activities. Uh, the, the least of those four, the smallest number of civic engagement activities were eleven. The most were fifteen. And so you think about like that school that did fifteen civic engagement activities. That's about one per month. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, so I followed the all the students who were um, participating in those eleven to fifteen activities over that sixteen month period. Um, and one of the things we bypass or we miss a lot of times in in doing experiential learning activities like civic engagement and there's a whole lot of other types of experiential learning we do. But One of the the critical elements of experiential learning is after you do it, you talk about it or you Mm. think about what happened. And I know I'm guilty of bypassing having that conversation after it's over, having that reflection that follows Mm. it to talk about, to talk with students and help students process what went well. If it didn't go well, why did it not go well? What could we do better? What could you do better? It and makes me uh, think
2: like yeah. every civic engagement – you know, I, I can just picture myself right now. Like we have the like local food petting zoo for the community and like it's all survival. It's like is everything in place? Are the goats there? Did anything run away? Is anything dying? Is the public seeing anything? Are kids mm-hmm. picking up poop and then eating ice cream? Like what's <laughs> happening? And then it's over and we clean up all the panels and it's like survival and you're hoping all the kids don't run off and leave you with all the work and then you take a big deep breath and it's done and it's like we finished it. But when I hear you say that, like I have seen teachers do a very simple thing and that is they always pull everyone together and say, what happened? What happened today that, that is on your mind? How do you make sense of what happened today? Because I think a lot of times we have this relief that we did this thing for these people. And I think that's one goal. But if the second goal is some kind of growth and development, you know, you see teachers that do this. I'll see it at national convention all the time. Some teachers are just doing the things and then going to the room. And some teachers are pulling them all together in an area and saying, "Okay, we're going to debrief today. And they always say, like. They, they've always pre-set up the
3: debrief. Like, That's what I was going to say. Name three things that stood out to you today, right? Yep, that pre Right. I think, you know, did you find that, well? Because I, I, you know, you see that I took a field trip class, not a class field trip. I took a class on field trips. And so much of that learning as far as getting out was like you can't just reflect and have them like go into a setting and be like, Good luck, run amok, and then let's reflect on what you saw. But to ha- give them some intentionality in the beginning with a pre-reflection, like here's what to expect, here's what we're trying to get out of this, made such a huge difference on the reflections that they were able to do afterwards. So, did you find that? Was that one of the elements you're going to talk about, or am I just well, going to make, make a sixth element? Isn't the, that a uh, movie? I think that's a sixth element. Yeah.
1: Sixth uh, That's where you see dead people, Kate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking about the fifth element. That was a Bruce I'm thinking Willis. Thinking about movie. oh, that was a better one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the <laughs> lady
2: yeah. with the orange
1: hair. Yeah, I like the sixth sense much
2: better
3: And yeah. the fifth element.
2: Yeah, because it's like the dead people one. We're so so that go with that one.
3: <laughs> but and you wait, have red reflection. hair, so you could
1: easily be oh. that, that woman from the fifth element. She beats so. the
3: heck out of most she's, people. She's you better watch it yeah. over there, Baker.
1: <laughs> she's pointing at Mike. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Nobody, especially Dr. Marshall Baker, wants to take a roundhouse kick to the jaw at AAAE Conference in Des Moines, Iowa. Nobody wants Oh
3: my gosh, but I want to do that. <laughs> I want to be on the other end of that so badly.
1: If you could get your leg that high. <laughs> then, oh. Baby, that
3: oh, snap. Uh, anyway, preflexion
1: <laughs> So, wanna, Kate, that's a, that's a good question. But uh, The alarming thing that I found with these four schools, uh, when I went to them and I asked them, do you do any type of reflection debriefing conversation with students after you do these activities every single teacher said no we do not and when I asked why uh, one teacher said well why should I one teacher uh, (laughs) one teacher responded with oh I'd love to but gosh you know we've got to get to the Mm -hmm. like you were saying we've got to get to the next thing or it's we're worn out it's time to go home Um, so as educators me, you, those of you listening, we have to ask ourselves, why are we doing these things? Is it, Are we doing civic engagement and all these different experiential learning things, field trips, whatever. are we doing them to just do them, or are we doing them to help bring learning full circle? And if if you're doing it to truly help students learn, um, then you have to remember that having that conversation or something there afterward to... Uh, challenge students to think about it and I like that idea about the the, that's actually something no I've I've never come across that with this group and and uh, I I think that would certainly be a a, a very valuable thing to have maybe that comes as part of that planning process with the students of saying hey here's here's the project you've decided on let's think about the things we need to expect and the things you need to be looking for to experience Um, but it's but that were that was those were the two things for those of you listening giving students voice, giving students the opportunity to uh, choose a civic engagement activity that is important to them and having some form of reflection, whether it's uh, for for the group that I worked with, it was simply introducing a group discussion immediately following the civic engagement activity. But it could certainly take other forms. It could be uh, some type of social media uh, arrangement that you have for them to put down or you know to share what they thought That's was a most good important. Idea. Uh, so, so you know you have to think about what you know this generation of student they would probably be more more comfortable doing something like that than maybe having the, yeah. the
4: conversation with the group. So Will, I was intrigued with your presentation when you listed the number of activities that uh, programs did and the number of activities that students got involved in. And I'm, I'm thinking here about our earlier conversations that we've had, and then if, if we do these things well and we do them right for students, do we have to have 17 activities for the students to get involved in? And part of where, where I'm going is that I've done a, I did another study with college students in Colleges of Ag, and it was on the social change model, but we wanted to find out was there a law of diminishing returns on the amount of clubs so that students got involved in. Yep. And we found out that it was 3.2. So if yeah. if students got involved in more than 3.2 clubs on campus, they actually start their uh, social change elements started even decline. So I wonder if we do them well, do do students really need to? And you know, could we find even through the data that you're collecting where we could give some tips to teachers that if we do it well, if you do three activities really well and get students engaged, are we as far along um, as what? what we were with the seventeen haphazard activities. Which gets right
3: back to teacher resilience and and burnout. Like man, if you can do three activities and have them be done really well, you don't even you don't have to feel guilty about Mm -hmm. not doing the other twelve. So we need
2: a national three point two award. The national three point (laughs) two teacher award where you get ten thousand dollars if you can document that you did only 3.2 Three point two things really, really, yeah. really
1: well. Really, yeah. really well. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, I'm glad Mike made that point because, you know, like I was saying, the autonomy, the reflection were the two things that really mattered in making a positive difference in what students got out of these activities. The thing that did not make a difference, the number of activities they did. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I was not able to find what that diminishing return sure. is. Is it? 3.2 civic engagement activities is at five, um, so I, so I was not able I, I, I was not able to carve that up that way, uh, but I think the good takeaway is that you don't have to do 15. You could probably do two or three or four that were getting that autonomy and that reflection in there, uh, and you could do just as well as if you did 15 that didn't have the autonomy and didn't have the reflection. And so that's uh, yeah it's. It's, it's a take, good takeaway because we have a, you know, just a lot of teachers that yeah. uh, I know myself. Uh, you know, I did service learning and, and community service activities with my students as a teacher uh, because I was involved in you know, collegiate clubs that sure. really got me pushed. That. that was really the first time in my life that um, in, as a college student that I was pushed to do community service. And I, and I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot from it. And so I wanted to uh, have my high school students get that experience. Um. and but I didn't know I didn't know about this sure autonomy thing and this reflection thing and so like I you know and so I think it's just about uh, those of you listening it's about just here's what we found so you know take it and run with and, it and use it as you will and that's and so, the that's the entire goal here of Al Pellets is to make all the teachers out there a much
0: better teacher than I was defects, right to fix all the mistakes that I made when I was teaching how I didn't get fired I'm not sure but um, Will, this has been a, fanta- a fantastic conversation. Really, the focus on the idea that these civic engagement opportunities need to be quality and be purposeful to understand what they're going to be accomplished there, that we don't have to like, really bury them in this. In- involve student choice so they have that buy in that's something they want to do, and include that reflection piece, which we hear um, so often in a lot of what we talk about taking time to reflect and really see the learning that took place. And really, again, seeing these civic engagement opportunities as a place to learn and be explicit about that learning, not just expecting the students to figure out how to do it. So really enjoy the conversation. Nice thing. Will is in Western Tennessee,
2: which is close to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions about civic engagement or about service learning or any of those things, um, he's a great resource. So contact him. His email will be on our um, infographic on Outpellets. Loves to come to professional development opportunities, loves summer conferences, loves helping in those ways. So he'd be a huge asset if you're in
1: that region.
3: And, and for you your community, no. he did tell you as an expert to do less. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if uh, any of you listening, uh, if you ever have a, a PD session you'd like me to, to sit in on, it, whether in person or virtually, I'd uh, be happy to do that for uh, for all you teachers and educators out there listening. So just uh, hit me up. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Will. Appreciate you being Yeah, with Thanks, us you guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian, here by the Owl Pellet, saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellet's Tips for Teachers.